On today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast, we continue the conversation around the Houston Texans head coaching position, whether or not David Culley stays and who should be in line if that person is already on the Texan coaching staff. And we poke a little bit at the Indianapolis Colts. You guys may remember that crossover <laughs> early in the year, and so we wanted to play around with that a little bit. But first... <laughs> Are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am John Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis here to talk to Houston Texans and all of the latest news and discussion around this head coaching position. Listen, as of right now, we do not know the fate of David Cullen. <laughs> That's the facts. That is the only facts as of right now. What we do know is Nick Casario is taking his time. Nick Casario is going through the evaluation process uh, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. And as of right now, it may be week to week because Cody and I speculate that the next time we hear from Nick Casario, it'll be on Monday. So, you know, who will be the possible head coach if David Cully is, in fact, you know, fired or let go? I'll use that term, let go. And, of course, Brian Flores is a hot name. Josh McDaniels is a hot name. There are a lot of hot names out there. But maybe that hot name of the place, the coach, excuse me, for the Houston Texans is already on the roster. Now, a lot of you guys may be thinking, hmm, Pep Hamilton. No, not at all. Hmm. Cody texted me something that was very interesting, something that I didn't think was, you know, a possibility. However, it did strike a, strike a note in my mind about Lovey Smith being the Houston Texans' next head coach. Yeah, and look, before we get started, John, I got to give our timestamp. As of right now, it's January 12th, 2022 at 6.53 p.m. Why I'm giving the timestamp? Because we still don't know what the future has in store for David Cully. But, John, look, as you just mentioned, there is still a possibility that David Cully could be let go at any moment. And what I don't want to see the Texans do is to recycle one of Bill Belichick's coaching disciples you just mentioned brian flores and to me add bill o'brien name to that list and i think those are the two best coaches that bill belichick's and the new england patriots have and you know brian flores just got canned on monday and we know what type of coach bill o'brien is however with that being said i want to see the texans take a different approach and, and hire a guy that is not a part of the Patriots' way. When I take a look at a guy like, Love, like Lovey Smith, I, I take a look at a guy who has already made major improvements to this team on the defensive side of the ball. I take a look at a guy who already has chemistry and camaraderie with players on this team. And I take a look at a guy that members are part of the Houston Texans organization already trust. And before I jump into the reasons why the Texans should at least consider Lovey Smith as their new head coach, I want you guys to listen to this exchange between myself and linebacker Christian Kersey. Hey Christian, um, 
know, despite the record, what did it mean for this defense to finish top 10 in takeaways, knowing that last year they finished very last? Um, you know, it, that was that was definitely something good to see. Um, you see a lot of a lot of challenging things happening in, in, in the season of football, but when you do pull out, you know, good things, uh, that means you're always improving somewhere. You know, our record wasn't what we wanted it, but you know, we still got better at something, and that's that's all you can ask for. Uh, you can't look back on the past and dwell dwell on on your record. You got to look at the good things and see, all right, where can I build at, um, and where can I, you know. Make a statement going into next year, and I think that's something to to end in the top ten and uh, takeaways. Knowing you know the previous year wasn't you know that good uh, shows improvement. So uh, that's all you can ask for. And how, much, and how much of that was because Lovey Smith was the defensive coordinator, someone who's mm-hmm. always been a defensive minded coach? Well, you know when you look at Lovey's track record, uh, he always has you know defenses that has a bunch of takeaways. And that's something that he preached, and he put special emphasis on, on takeaways, and we focused on it. And, you know, obviously it's, it's, it was a good outcome for us to, to see all those take, takeaways. When you look at Coach Lovey Smith's track record. Now, John, listeners, viewers, we're not about to dive into his entire track record, but all you have to do is just take a look at his track record for what he did for the Houston Texans in order to see why he should at least be considered to be the next head coach. I mean, look, you're talking about a defensive team that finished that finished dead last in takeaways last season by recording nine in 2020. This year in 2021, they finished the season tied with the seventh most takeaways at 25. And when you hear what Christian Kersey had to say, I want to say about a month ago, I had an opportunity to ask Davis Desmond King the same question. What is it about Lovey Smith's defensive philosophy that is part of the reason why we are seeing this turnaround with the Houston Texans in, term, in terms of not just their ability to take the ball away, but just their defense overall? And what Desmond King told me, he said, Lovey Smith isn't a guy who likes to create a lot of exotic defensive packages. He allowed his guys to go out there and just play. He said what he loves most about Lovey Smith's what, what he said he said what he loves most about Lovey Smith's defense is the fact that it allows his guys to just go out there and play. By the way, John, listeners and viewers, I do believe that this says a lot about Lovey Smith as a coach. This is a team, a Houston Texans defensive team that finished seven, tied for seven. For the most takeaways this season at 25, and he did this without a Pro Bowl caliber player on that defensive side of the ball. So that's the main reason. Two and most importantly, Lovey Smith has already been a proven and a somewhat successful coach here in the NFL. Now I get it when you take a look at his overall record at 89 and 87. I know that isn't good. That's only two games above 500. But let's not forget the majority of those losses that he sustained took place during his time as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they were just god awful. I believe he was the head coach his final year. They was actually tanking for Jameis Winston. But when you go back and you take a look at his prom years as the head coach of the Chicago Bears, 
82 and 63. Six out of those nine years, he had a, at least a winning record. He was the coach of the year in 2005. And of course, we all know he led that very good Chicago Bears team. I think it was in 2006 or 2007. Um, he led that team to the Super Bowl where they lost, where they lost against the Indianapolis Colts. And it actually took one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to finally break through Lovey Smith's defense in, in order to raise up that Vince Lombardi trophy. Now, John and listeners, I do want to mention this. Nobody is telling me this. This is just an idea, a, a suggestion that I'm throwing out there that I'm hoping Nick Casario and his staff hear. And I understand that it's unlikely, but look, once again, this is a guy who has a proven track record and he would be a better candidate than some of the candidates that they're already being that they're already being linked to like like Brian Flores. I think Josh McDaniel name has been thrown out there from time to time. Like I mentioned early on in this segment, he already has chemistry and camaraderie. I do I, I am hoping that they bring back Desmond King. That's a guy who has had a career season playing under Lovey Smith. You bring him back, keep him with Smith. That's going to do wonders for not only his career but also for the Houston Texans and also most importantly they they have to do something to keep Lovey Smith on this coaching staff. I know a lot of people talk about Pep Hamilton but if they depart from David Cully and you bring in their uh, a new head coach they they are going to want to bring in their guys and I would hate to see the Texans lose Lovey Smith in the process. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think a new head coach is going to bring in a new DC after what he just did. And I also don't think that that new head coach would tamper with what Nick Casario is already building on and laying that foundation. That's number one. I don't think Lovey Smith is going to have too many suitors, if suitors at all. And I don't think he's a better head coach as of right now than Brian Flores. Uh, when I look at this team and how it's set up, I believe Lovey Smith should stay on that side of the ball. Don't worry about head coaching duties. Stay as a DC because that's where you have gotten a lot of your glory from. Now, you were a very good head coach in the early 2000s. However, the game has changed a lot since then. And the best way for you to maximize your value to this franchise or if you decide to move on to any franchise is to stay a DC. I don't think he should be the head coach for the Houston Texans. And I also go as far as saying that you mentioned the New England tree. I am 50-50 with you on that. I don't believe Josh McDaniels should be the head coach. Actually, on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall and them boys, man, not the original one, but the new one, uh, one of the linebackers from the Broncos mentioned that how they started 6-0 and how Josh McDaniels was telling them during practice, if you just take off to the right hash mark and turn around, you're going to get an interception if they line up in this play. Or the ball may just hit you in the back of the head for an incompletion. And then after that, after the uh, one of the uh, assistant coaches got caught by filming practices, then the Broncos lost eight of the next two games or something along those lines, right? Yeah, man. No, I, I don't want Josh McDaniels who got fired two weeks after they go six and zero to come to Houston? I don't not not as a head coach, but Brian Flores. Yes, I think he's a very good head coach in today's game, and we have proof of that for right now. But back to Lovey Smith, you know, I think his best value is at DC, 
And I, I don't believe that he should be the head coach of the Houston Texans. What I do believe in is helping you guys get the edge over your competition. The playoffs are here. Cody, who do you think is going to the playoffs? I mean, not the playoffs, to the Super Bowl. Um, it really don't make me no difference. But if I had to pick, I kind of want to pick the Bengals. I think that's a sleeper team. They are playing Cincinnati some great football right man. now. Man. They are playing some great football, no doubt about that. But I'll tell you what, make sure you visit out, visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all of the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. So you don't have to go through the guessing game process. They'll be there helping you every step of the way. Remember, it's onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. Welcome back in, Texan listeners and viewers out there in the world. Remember, we are free and available on all major podcasting platforms. The last couple of days, we did a lot of talking about head coaches. Who's going to fill this position? Who's hot right now? And this season just ended, right? And I don't think we've given, given excuse me, the, the time that we should to the players. And no matter who's going to be the head coach for next year, whether they contain, I'm sorry, retain David Cully or let him go and bring in another candidate, they're going to have to look at this roster as Rome wasn't built in a day and understand that development is very important for this Houston Texan team. Now, one player out of the two that I'm going to talk about just for today, this is going to be something that I want to talk about throughout the weeks, at least heading up into the draft. But one player that I wanted to talk about as far as player development, number one is Nico Collins. And I'm going to also link him to his head coach, his position coach, and Robert Prince. But I think Nico Collins can be a very good number two in the NFL. I think he has the ability. Uh, one thing I love about Nico Collins is his sideline catching ability, his ability to keep his feet in bounds while making some tough grabs. We've seen that throughout the season. And I like his body size. I like his frame. I believe that he has the opportunity in the future, and I wanted to see more of those this year to be a real red zone threat. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Mike Williams, but he didn't have the Mike Williams-style quarterback where he's going to find you regardless if you're open and throw you open at times. But one thing about Nico at 6'2", 6'3", I think he can go get that ball out the air, man. We've seen it time and time after, uh, time and time again uh, this year. Now, one thing that I know Nico Collins needs to work on is his ability man coverage. This year – Against man coverage, only 11 targets for seven catches and 72 yards. Now, the catches to target ratio is pretty good. But when you look at some of the times where Nico Collins was not able to beat man coverage, that's where I believe he needs to get better at in his game compared to when he's playing against the zone coverage, 32 catches, excuse me, 32 targets, 29 catches for 275 yards. Uh, he did have that one touchdown uh, for his career against man coverage. So uh, when I look at him, I think that he needs to get better. And I'm also calling attention to Robert Prince. Now, Robert Prince, over the course of his career as a wide receiver coach, hasn't had that much sustainable success. However, I will point to his time in Detroit under the, in the 2016 season under Robert Prince's tutelage. 
They had three wide receivers contribute to the top, to the Lions at the time, having five players record 50 or more receptions. Now, that's great. But I look at Kenny Galladay in his second year, having his second career 1,000-yard uh, season, the first Lion to do to have back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving season. That's what I want out of Nico Collins. Year one to year two, that jump of just being a better receiver, being a better and established number two receiver. Now, this year he finished with around 370-some-odd yards, which I think is good considering Tyrod Taylor was his quarterback for a period of time. Davis Mills was his quarterback for a period of time. There was a lot of communication issues, and we saw, especially in the last couple of games, that Mills and Collins was not on the same page a lot of times. Collins, excuse me, Nico, uh, Davis Mills, rather, has already spoke to us about wanting to stay in Houston for the offseason and getting better with his rookie counterparts, and I think that's going to do wonders for the chemistry between those two. But I think he needs to get much better at releasing off the line and beating some of these corners on man coverage or going against man coverage, and that'll give Houston a better opportunity to win down the field. Now, what I do think that I like about his game the most is his down the field ability. I also look at Titus Howard. Let's face it, guys. There needs to be a real conversation around him at left tackle and moving on from Larry Tunsil. This offseason has already been built up for Deshaun Watson's departure via trade. And that's totally fine. We've talked about Deshaun a lot. Even in the last couple of weeks, we had several shows where we talked about Justin Reed and him departing from the Houston Texans. When I look at Titus Howard in the four games he played at left tackle, only one sack, only one hurry, and the games against Indy, more more so the game against the Tennessee Titans in their last game, what he proved to me was you're going to get the same production out of Titus Howard that you're going to get out of Larry Tunsil. What do I mean by that? I don't think neither one of those guys at tackle will be dominant in the run game. That's one of the, one of the aspects of Larry Tunsil that we've wanted to see for a very long time, just him be more of a dog in the run game. His game is much more smooth, and it translates over to being a great pass blocker. That is what I see out of Titus Howard. I don't think he's going to be a dominant run blocker for the Houston Texans. But when I look at him being a pass protector, I don't see too much of a difference between Larry Tunsil and Titus Howard outside of one thing. Cody, you know what that, that one thing is? What's that? 20 plus million dollars that the Houston <laughs> Texans are paying Larry Tunsil. And if you're going to have this fresh slate, and you want to start over the reboot, the rebuild, they need to start looking at suitors for Larry Tunsil. Now, understand this, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to eat some of that cap space from Larry Tunsil from that contract. That's just going to be what it is. But I do think that he has a market out there for certain teams that need that left tackle for their quarterback. I'm glad that you mentioned Titus Howard, and this wasn't planned, but I'm going to throw this in there. On Monday, I had an opportunity to talk to Justin Britt because Britt was talking about the growth of Davis Mills, and he gets asked that question a lot. But I asked Britt about the growth of Titus Howard. You know, of course, this is a guy, we know the story. He started his career at right tackle, moved to left guard. The next thing you know, he's at left tackle, and it seems like that's a very good spot. John, I want you to hear this exchange between myself and Britt, then I'm going to ask you this one specific question. 
Justin, when you talk about the growth of the player, what, how, how impressive was it for you to see Titus Howard? You know, he started his career at right tackle, began the season at left guard, and now he's at left tackle. Yeah, I know uh, he was heading into the season with, uh, I don't know, there was something. It was like him and LT were going to be the best tackle duo. Um, and they might have been. But then LT gets hurt, and then Titus, um, I'm sorry, he gets asked to move to left guard. And, you know, that was not much of a learning curve for him because he's played left tackle before. But he just had to find his rhythm there. He finds his rhythm. He's playing pretty good ball. And then they asked him to move to left tackle. And so, um, which I thought he did exceptional. Um, you know, so uh, he, he's a hard worker. He's still young. He's got a lot of football left in him. And, you know, I don't see why he couldn't be one of the best. Now, the reason why I played that clip, John, you just mentioned you don't think he's going to, you know, get paid $20 million or, or they are at least not paying him $20 million as of yet. But, Justin Britt, you, you heard him say he could be one of the best left tackles in the game. With that being said, John, what would you think the market value would be for Titus Howard? I'm only asking that question now only because after the 2022 season, he's going to be up for a contract extension. It's going to be very important to see what are they going to do with Howard because I'm looking at this from a standpoint. This is a guy who has excelled at right tackle and this is a guy who has excelled at left tackle. And not only that, when you need him to, even though I think this might have been the lesser of the three, he can actually play some guard as well. And not only that, John, I understand the importance of his run blocking ability or the or the lack thereof. However, I always, it, it, to me at least, it's hard to evaluate him as a run blocker when you don't have the running backs to excel in the run game. No, I don't. I don't think he's a good runner. I'm sorry, especially so, at the guard position. I think he's better. Even even tackle. knowing how bad the Texans backfield has been over the last two seasons. Well, I, yes, there's been plenty of times where we look at the film and Titus Howard is getting beat off the line badly at guard. I don't think guard is a position suited for. And I think him playing guard also is going to mess with his money. Him being moved around in his first three years in the NFL is going to mess with his money. And so when you look at it, what I think Titus Howard can get in terms of contract-wise, I think he's going to get lowballed. Honestly, mm. right? With the market value right now for a, uh, excuse me, a tackle for a left tackle is what around sixteen million, seventeen and a half. I, I, I want I want to say around that. I don't think he gets nowhere near close to that. I think Titus Howard, and I'm not saying this to be a quote unquote hater. I'm just looking at his journey in the first few years of the NFL. I can see him getting around nine to eleven million dollars per year because Houston is going to look at him as a guy that isn't established at one position. And if we need to, we can draft somebody and then move you to another position if we need to on that offensive line that is also a part of that tier of, of money between 9 and 12. So you look at a guard maybe, or you look at the right tackle. So I don't think he's going to get that much money. I think if he does increase his value, it's going to have to be next year if Houston moves on from Larry Tunsil 
and he continues to be the left tackle, or if they come to their senses and he plays uh, right tackle for 17 games, at least he's slated to play for 17 games unless an injury or something happens. But I don't think he's a great run blocker. I think he's a very underwhelming run blocker, born blocker, especially in the interior guard positions. That's where he struggled the most. That is, that's a fact. There's been plenty of times where you look at the film, you pause it, you slow it down, you speak, you slow the speed down. You're like, what is going on with Larry Tunsil? But that's also because of the lack of development between his first three years and movement and position changes. So it goes hand in hand with the Texans culture and his ability to be a stout run blocker coming into the league. Hey, Texan fans, I'm John Hickman, and I'm here to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. You trust me, hope you do. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TESTDOWN for NFL or SCORE for college and get a bonus $0.25 cent per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using the GetUpside app. And BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of sports betting wagering action this season new year new me new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up so sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code locked on to get started bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bet online is where the game starts thanks for making the locked on texans your first listen every day be sure to check out locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs locked on bets is hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling it's free and available on all major podcasting platforms welcome back in ladies and gentlemen before we close out this thursday installment of locked on texans john i understand what the standings say Tennessee Titans they finished the year at 12 and 5 the Indianapolis Colts finished the year at 9 and 8 the Houston Texans finished the year at 4 and 13 and the Jacksonville Jaguars finished the year at 3 and 14 god damn but when I take a look at the standing John listeners and viewers I do believe that the Houston Texans might have been the second best team in the AFC this season and I the say AFC that because South. the, the AFC, AFC South, South I'm sorry yeah the AFC South don't and get I say that in the yeah exactly the AFC South sorry about that ladies and gentlemen but I say all that just to say Remember earlier in the season or before the season started, we did our AFC South crossover division and everybody thought the Houston Texans were going to go 1-16 or they thought they was going to go 0-17. And And so many people thought Carson Wentz going to Indianapolis was going to be Andrew Luck 2.0 or whatever the case might be. These fools finished 9-8, missed the playoffs, and they missed it because they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, (laughs) which was their third victory of the season. I don't care what the record says, John listeners and viewers. I am happy that the Houston Texans at at the end of the day exceeded expectations by winning four games. 
quarter and the expectations <laughs> set by Evan Sittery of the Locked On Colts. This is all just for Evan, oh, by the man. way, guys. But make sure you check by out the way, Shout Colts, out to Evan, man. We love you, man. And the Locked On Titans. <laughs> check out all of the AFC South Locked On podcasts. Again, the Locked On Texans, Titans, Jags, and uh, the Colts. But no, um, here's the thing, man. We really still can't talk a lot, right? No, no, we no, Jags. We well, we, we swept, swept the, Jags. the Jags, and we, we got to win on the Titans, number one in the, the AFC. But we can't really crack a lot of jokes about the Colts because the Colts hung it on us both times. What was it like? You're right. You're right. You're right. It was like seventy-two to three. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm not going to crack that many jokes, but I will say the Eagles, man, they make it to the playoffs and get a, a, a nice pick for trading Carson Wentz. I think that's pretty uh, that's pretty good for their future. Who the Eagles are due for a, a culture change and a redo for their franchises being since that Super Bowl run, right? And shout out to mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, you know, Ace Town kid, got those boys in the playoffs, led the league. As a team in Russia, and he had a big part to do with that. And his development this year was amazing. Sometimes really I wish I could talk it. more than the Texans because there's a lot mm-hmm. going on. But uh, coming back to the Houston Texans, interesting enough, we talked about the Senior Bowl yesterday. And I'll be out there. Super excited to attend the Senior Bowl this year. Um, and I wish the Houston Texans as a coaching staff was out there. They had an opportunity to be there. They declined, which is what led to the Jets taking that spot over from Houston. But this year, the head coaches of those teams, in this case, it would be Robert Sala and Dan Campbell, they will take more of an advisory role while assistants take the bigger role. So, for example, a running back coach will be the head coach. A DB coach will be the DC. This will offer position coaches development opportunities in front of all 32 teams. Now, we are looking at Pep Hamilton. We are looking at so many different coaches on this roster. Just talked about Lovey Smith, right? And what they could do as a head coach, I thought that would have been a great opportunity for the Houston Texans positional coaches to kind of go out there and not only prove that they're worth to other teams, but kind of solidify themselves and their value with the Texans franchise. I think so. Yeah, I I agree with you, John, but it's just one of those weird situations to where this is part of the reason why people are preparing themselves for the possibility of David Cully's jettison. And look, because it really doesn't make... Yeah, we actually had that conversation on yesterday because... Like it's it's the only logic answer to why they will pass up this golden opportunity. And look, like we mentioned on yesterday, and I'm gonna say it again, again. When you take a look at Nick Casario, yeah, it might be up in the air about the players that he signed, but what you cannot deny is his ability to scout collegiate players. You saw what he did with the draft class of 2021, and this is when he had what only five draft picks or whatever the case might be. And every single one of those guys did something for the Houston Texans. And we can make an argument, all of those guys, especially four of the guys, I think the only one that might still be in the air in the air right now is Gary Wallow. But I do believe once he get an opportunity, he's going to take off. This guy, Nick Casario, actually does a great job as a scout. 
it doesn't make sense why the Texans would pass up on an opportunity given the fact that it's only because they're about to can their head coach, which means they do not have a coaching staff to send. But, you know, John, whether or not the Texans go down there, at least I know you're going to be down there. You're going to make sure we bring our listeners and our viewers some great stuff from the Senior Bowl. I can't wait for that. Yes, sir. As my boy Wayne used to say, live from the 504, but <laughs> I'll be in Mobile, Alabama instead of the 504. Shout out to Lil Wayne, by the way. Guys, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. You know, I talk for uh, sports, music, movies, everything. You four years back, so you want to talk about that with those crazy kids? Almost gave me a heart attack. But also subscribe to the YouTube page as well uh, on YouTube at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Why 24? Because it is one less takeaway than the Houston Texans recorded <laughs> for the entire season because they was coached by Lovey Smith. I don't care what you say, John. I think Lovey Smith will be at least a solid, decent coach. Just don't bring in another New England Patriot coach. Please don't, but you know they will because why? These This is the Houston New England Patriot Texans. <laughs> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. <laughs>